Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I am your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Mm-hmm. Nice to see you. That is Emilio, and we're uh, joining you here today to uh, revisit a uh, frequent theme of our uh, early episodes, and really most of the episodes we've done of this uh, podcast, where we're talking about the best players who have played in the NBA and ABA who attended specific colleges and universities. In this episode, we're going to be uh, getting back to the old style and uh, comparing two colleges. We're going to be comparing the uh, Creighton University in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And Georgia University. And University of Georgia in uh, Athens, Georgia. So uh, looking forward to uh, digging into this. We're going to get back to the typical format that we've used on these episodes. Breaking it down uh, position by position, starting at center, power forward. Small forward, shooting guard, and point guard, and then comparing those two starting squads once we've uh, determined which players belong on them. Yeah. We, without further ado, let's uh, l- let's let's jump into it. Starting at center, Emilio, who did you have at your starting center for Creighton? I had Hoot Gibson. I- I'm just kidding. I had Benoit Benjamin. This guy was big time. He loved double zero, clearly. Yeah, major double zero wearer throughout his career. Uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Benoit Benjamin here. Uh, seven footer, uh, 250 pounds, definitely had that classic center size. And uh, definitely a guy I remember in my early days of uh, following the NBA as a member of the uh, New Jersey Nets. He was a prominent guy on those squads uh, that took until the middle of his career or later in his career before he got there, actually. Had, Begun his career with the Clippers, uh, played with the Sonics, the Lakers a little bit. Clippers. Yeah, his first uh, first bunch of years with the uh, Clippers after having uh, been taken third overall in the uh, 1985 NBA draft. Yeah, I mean, Creighton probably um, won a title that year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, probably not actually, but uh, he um, he was pretty good with the Clippers. I mean, averaging 16.4 point, point <clears throat> points per game at his best and um, 10.3 rebounds at his best. I mean, he had a season with – 10.3 rebounds, 1.7 assists, 14 points. Yeah, had, had some really good seasons uh, with, with the Clippers. Uh, actually, the career leader in block shots for the franchise, as well as uh, the career leader in uh, blocks per game. So uh, definitely uh, some some impressive uh, career highlights for, uh, for Benoit Benjamin uh, during his run in the NBA. Um, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, significantly uh, should be mentioned about uh, Benoit Benjamin, uh, got up to a really impressive uh, career-high block total, actually blocked 10 shots in a game twice. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, I like maybe he got like a um, triple-double in blocks. Uh, I don't think so because he never actually got uh, uh, double digits in uh, in assists. Uh, I mean, he could have got blocks. He could have got blocks, points, and uh, yeah, so that, that is possible. We're trying to pull this uh, together on the fly for uh, for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Benoit Benjamin uh, w- with an impressive career, to be sure. For sure. Uh, I, that's who I had at uh, at center on my Creighton squad as well. I mean, he also got up to like twenty three rebounds in the game. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. Absolutely, he was definitely a, a classic uh, big man who uh, was capable of contributing uh, in a significant way. I mean, uh, played over eight hundred games in the league in, in the regular season, and uh, yeah, kind of surprised there wasn't more about him on uh, in his Wikipedia entry. Yeah, I mean, kind of a small Wikipedia, probably. I actually, too bad they don't have, like, the amount of words in each Wikipedia. Yeah, you could definitely uh, generate something that uh, that could tell you that. But l- let's keep moving here, because we got uh, we got a lot of ground to cover in this episode, a lot of players to discuss. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're in lockstep on uh, Benoit Benjamin being the center on this Creighton squad. So, yeah. Mills, who do you have at power forward? I had Paul Silas. 
Yeah, you got to have Paul Silas in there at, uh, at Power Forward on this Creighton team. Tell us a little bit about Paul Silas. I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, I mean, yeah. is he in the Hall of Fame? He's, no. He's, uh, he, he's one of these guys, though, who it's kind of hard to believe he's not in the Hall of Fame, given everything that he's done in basketball. Uh, he's in the uh, College Basketball Hall of Fame uh, for his uh, work Isn't that in, the same in Creighton. Thing? Well, I think there's actually a, a, the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame that's in Springfield, Massachusetts, kind of covers the college game, but there's also a specific college basketball hall of fame okay. that doesn't include any NBA stuff. But yeah, Paul Silas, a guy who's been around the league for just an incredibly long time. I mean, as, as a player and then uh, later as, as a coach for an extended period of time, uh, up until fairly recently, it was the coach of um, the uh, Bobcats uh, most recently in the 2011-2012 uh, season, actually had the worst record of all time that year. But uh, that doesn't re represent how he uh, performed throughout his uh, coaching career. Actually, has uh, 387 career wins as a coach, and actually, his son now is the uh, coach of the uh, Houston Rockets, Stephen Silas. Yeah, and um, also his playing career. I mean, two-time All-Star, three-time NBA champ, and five-time All-Defensive Team. I mean, that's pretty nice. Uh, absolutely, very impressive uh, defensive credentials in particular. Yeah, I mean, was good at rebounding. I mean, like one of his best seasons, like about. 17.5 points, 11.9 rebounds, and 13.3 points, 13 point, 13 rebounds. I mean, that's a, yeah, those that's a good were season. Impressive seasons. Those were right in his prime, uh, his final year with the Suns in 71-72 uh, and his first year with the Celtics in 72-73. Uh, a member of three title teams uh, during his career, as you mentioned, a two-time All-Star, and some impressive placements on uh, career leaderboards. I mean, 35th all-time in games. For Paul Silas, with one thousand two hundred and fifty-four games, wow! But even beyond the uh, the the uh, raw counting stats, I mean, thirteenth all-time in offensive rebound percentage and eleventh uh, all-time in defensive rating. It's pretty good. It's very impressive. I I really, I mean, I'm curious to hear what you think about this. I think this guy should probably be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, like his so, contributions to basketball. Yeah, overall, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame too. Yeah. So Paul Silas, we uh, we're, we're we're pulling for you. Uh, Seventy-seven, almost. I thought uh, he wasn't. 78. Yeah, he definitely seems like a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, given everything he's accomplished. Notable as well, he uh, attended the same high school, McClyman's, as a number of uh, notable NBA players, especially Bill Russell. Wow. Yeah, so that uh, McClyman's High School in Oakland, California, has really turned out some incredible uh, NBA talent. Uh, so, yeah, great career from uh, from Paul Silas. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he'll get that, uh, that Hall of Fame nod uh, at some point after having been the uh, 10th pick overall in the uh, 1964 NBA draft by the St. Louis Hawks way back in the day. In the second round. Uh, the second round, yeah. I mean, the, the uh, rounds were so much shorter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they had uh, Wow. Well, I mean, the third pick in the second round, so like seven teams or something. Yeah. You know, like five teams, three, four teams. Yeah, they, they were they, they <laughs> were very few teams in the league. I mean, we're talking about all the way back in the uh, in the mid-60s. So, yeah, it's, it's been ages since then. The league has uh, has come a really long way. All right, let's, let's keep it moving here. I, of course, had Paul Silas as well. Uh, Who do you have at the three, Mills? I had... This is, I think, where we um, split up here. I had Kyle Korver at the three. Yeah, Kyle Korver, uh, obviously a guy we've talked about, actually. It was his uh, birthday not that long ago. You can check out our March 17th episode to uh, get some takes on Kyle Korver. But, I mean, this guy, one of, one of the great shooters ever. Yeah, I mean, a one-time All-Star. And, I mean, he could um, he could really fill it up. Or he can really fill it up. I mean, he played um, – a little bit for the Bucks last year, but I mean, hadn't played it all this year yet. But has been in the league for a extremely long time. I mean, I mean, has averaged nine point seven points per game for his career. But I mean, three point shooting. I mean, forty two percent three point shooter, making two out of 
out of every 4.6. Uh, yeah, per, per, per game for his career. Yeah, I mean, that's good That's good for 10th uh, all-time in three-point field goal percentage. And, of course, he's fourth all-time in just raw makes from three. I mean, fourth all-time. Uh, Kyle, Kyle I mean, Carver's been bombing. He's yeah. one-time all-star as well. Yeah, one-time all-star. I mean, as I think we mentioned uh, on his birthday, uh, you know, quite quite a feat for a guy who is, I mean, so clearly uh, pigeonholed as a shooter to uh, make an all-star team. But then again, I mean, he uh, – he, you know, I mean, his his shooting numbers are, are off the charts. I mean, he had a season where he shot 53% three. I mean, not not huge volume, but come on. I mean, and, you know, obviously it's not an aberration when you look at his career. I mean, he's led the league in three-point field goal percentage four times. Yeah. A monster shooter and, uh, yeah, a guy who has hung around the league for an incredible amount of time, uh, having been taken as a uh, second-round pick, 51st overall in the uh, 2003 NBA draft that produced uh, the likes of LeBron James and uh, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, and he was the 51st overall pick. Yeah, I mean, so really way down there. And, uh, yeah, he, he lasted a, a really, really long time. And we'll see. I mean, maybe there's an opportunity for him to get back in the mix. I, I wonder Maybe if, win a title. Uh, well, I mean, he's like, going to have to get back in the league first before he has a chance to uh, potentially win a title. But, uh, yeah. He hasn't retired. So. No, I, I, I imagine that, uh, that there are teams that would be happy to bring him on board just uh, based on his skill set and his, uh, you know, obviously he's got a tremendous amount of knowledge built up through playing in uh, 1,232 regular season games, a really remarkable number. And he's, I mean, as we mentioned, he's uh, been a major playoff contributor too. 145 uh, playoff games in his career too. So really an extensive, extensive career for uh, Kyle Korver. I had him uh, on my squad as well. This is a, uh, this Creighton group kind of um, struggles a bit in the point guard area. So I actually had Kyle Korver at the point. I appreciate he's not a point guard. The play-by-play uh, -play data indicates he's played 1% of his minutes at the point, so I went with it. Uh, all right, so uh, let's move on to, uh, to to my three, and I had Anthony Tolliver, guy I like quite a bit from his uh, days with the uh, with the Pistons, a guy who's really been around, having uh, come out of uh, Creighton, gone undrafted, and uh, really, I mean, made his way into a uh, – 720 game uh, NBA career in the regular season so far. So great job by Anthony Tolliver. I mean, he's still playing. He played one game for the Sixers so far. Maybe uh, he's going to get a ring this year. Exactly. It could happen. So uh, tell us a little bit about Anthony Tolliver. Yeah, I mean, um, 6.2 points per game for his career. I mean, I mean, pretty good, I guess. Uh, just played a super long time, similar to um, Kyle Korver. Yeah, but he's nowhere near as good as Kyle Korver. I mean, like we can't, can't put those guys in the same sense. But they they do uh, hold they do play similar roles uh, on, on their squads in the sense that uh, they're Me. there to stretch the floor. He doesn't shoot as many threes. No, uh, Tolliver definitely hasn't hasn't shot as many threes and hasn't done it quite as well. But he does shoot thirty seven percent three point shooter for his career. That's pretty solid. Good size from uh, Anthony Tolliver, six eight two forty could. Uh, you know, match up against some decent wings. I'm not saying he's like a wing stopper or anything, but like has the size to, you know, get out there against, you know, your LeBrons and Kawhis and big wing types. I know he's not like a stopper on those guys, but he has at least a body who's comparable size to uh, to, to those types. So he's been useful in that uh, role in his career as well. And uh, seems like a great guy. I mean, I, I got to say, I'm a big, big fan of him, as I mentioned, when he was with the Pistons. Uh, really good attitude. Seems to bring, uh, you know, some good camaraderie and team spirit to uh, – uh, to the squads that he's on uh, seems well liked, and uh, yeah, we'll see if his career continues beyond the uh, the one year, one game, excuse me, that he played with the uh, Sixers uh, this season. Obviously, just a very limited run there, but a guy who's played elsewhere around the world as well. Um, 
you know, great, great basketball life for uh, for Anthony Tolliver. Played for the Iowa Energy, you know, in 2007-2008. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's true. I mean, that, that's how he began his uh, his NBA journey. I mean, playing in the uh, the then D League, and uh, yeah, making his way in. I mean, into all these games. I mean, really, really a, a great job by Anthony Tolliver. Yeah. All right, uh, you ready to move on? Yep. Okay, so who do you have at the two? I had. Rodney Bufford. Rodney Buford. Now, I, he, this guy didn't make my squads, but I do remember Rodney Buford from uh, back in the day. He came into the league back in the uh, 99 draft, uh, the uh, 53rd overall pick to the uh, Miami Heat that year. You remember that? So, yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, Buff, or the Sheriff, as uh, he's also known, according to his uh, basketball reference page. Uh, shout out basketball reference. Um, yeah, he's 43 now, um, 43, um, 43 years, 167 days old, and he was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I mean. Anything about his, like, playing career? I mean, <laughs> you know, his biographical information is interesting, but I think our listeners could probably find that. Yeah, um, 6.4 points per game for his career. I mean, actually, he sat out a season, probably too scared about LeBron coming in, um, in 2002, hmm. 2003, um, when he, uh, when he, uh. In Greece, he was probably scared about like the the prospect of LeBron coming in the following season. <laughs> yeah. So he joined the league uh, after I guess that you know a period of. Well, uh, he was probably like so scared then, but then he was like, uh, I think I can do this, and then he came back and only averaged one point nine points per game. Yeah, he came back. And so a journeyman career for uh, Rodney Buford, never playing more than uh, one season with uh, any particular team, but also never playing on uh, more than one team in a season. Oh, yeah. In the NBA, uh, one team per season in each of his five years in the league. And, um, yeah, I mean, not not all that uh, notable of a career, I wouldn't say. I mean, but you liked him because he was a fit-head shooting guard here and actually played uh, 230 regular season games. Yeah, and um, and he was scared of LeBron. Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting sidebar. I didn't, didn't even think about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I. I actually played a bunch overseas as well. I mean, uh, you know, around these uh, these five NBA seasons – uh, took a year off, as you mentioned, in uh, 2002, 2003, uh, to play in Greece. But uh, yeah, he's played in Israel as well with Maccabi Tel Aviv. Scare LeBron. Yeah, I, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, has played in a bunch of different places in Europe and uh, in Canada as well. Uh, so he did not make my squad, but certainly uh, looked at him as well. All right, so let's uh, take a look at the, uh, or I guess it's up to my three, right? Or my two, rather. Yeah. I had at the two Doug McDermott, another active player. Yes, this is who I had at the one. I had um, Doug McDermott um, at the point guard. I know he's six seven, but I feel like he could do it. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I mean Doug McDermott, he's fine. He, I, I mean, recently he's actually been pretty good for the Pacers. I'm pretty sure. I think he's injured right now, but he's averaging thirteen point one points per game um this season and he's averaging 8.8 points per game for his career so i mean pretty good so far this year yeah he's a, he's a good player i mean you know 29 years old now uh, was selected um in the uh, in the in the first round 11th overall in uh, the 2014 nba draft out of creighton of course and um yeah i mean the guy can really uh can really score it i mean that, i think that that was his uh, calling card coming into the league after a big career uh, collegiately at, at creighton and um He's been able to do that. I mean, it's, he's not a guy who's asked to create a ton of a uh, ton of offense. I mean, he's uh, looking at a, uh, a career usage of seventeen point three percent. So, I mean, a little bit less than you 
uh, might expect an average player from an average player, but he's been efficient. Uh, over a 40% shooter from three in his career. And uh, that's what you were looking for when they, when uh, you know, you're drafting uh, the likes of Doug McDermott. I mean, yeah. Um, he, he was drafted uh, 11th overall. Yep, so, I mean, I mentioned that. Oh, uh, in 2014 yep. draft. Um, yeah. And I mean, he was drafted by the Nuggets and he's played on a bunch of different teams. Yep. Um, never played for the Nuggets, I don't think. No, he but, got traded, uh, I believe, uh, draft night. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, to the, to the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the Bulls. That's what his Wikipedia picture shows. And now he uh, he's uh, shown that the Bulls made a good decision trading for him. Yeah, absolutely. Actually involved in a trade uh, that also involved uh, the likes of Gary Harris and uh, Yusuf Nurkic all the way back in uh, 2014. That might have been a little bit of a mistake. Yeah, that was a lot of value. It ended up uh, being those two guys worked out pretty well. But uh, Doug McDermott, uh, also with a, with a really nice NBA career and a guy who has a skill set that you might think would uh, allow him to perform for another few years. You know, a guy who's relying on his shooting and, uh, you know, his, his height uh, as a 6'7", 220, uh, 6'7", is his height, uh, 225 being his weight, uh, would seemingly allow him to, uh, you know, get those shots off for at least another couple of years here. Yeah, so on. Um... I, I don't really think he's a fit at, uh, at point guard at all, but as we mentioned, uh, there aren't really great choices uh, at the point on uh, on this squad. So you want to go over our lineups here quickly because I mean, we have Kyle Korver and Doug McDermott at our points. Yes, yeah, so let's let's do that now. Uh, you want to just give us your lineup? Yeah, sure. Um, at center, um, Benoit Benjamin, power forward Paul Silas, small forward Kyle Korver, shooting guard Ronnie Bufford, Ronnie Buford, Buford. And point guard Doug McDermott. Well said. So uh, I, I had uh, at center Benoit Benjamin, power forward Paul Silas, small forward Anthony Tolliver, shooting guard Doug McDermott, and uh, point guard Kyle Korver. All right. So let's uh, let, let's talk uh, just a little bit about some of the other guys who uh, attended Creighton, who uh, went on to play in the NBA. As there are a total of uh, seventeen players, or other twelve that we haven't addressed yet, or eleven rather. Yeah, I mean, a couple of them probably going to be pretty short segments. Yeah, well, let's let's get into it now. But there uh, is an all-star in here. Yeah, so let, let, let's talk about it. Neil Johnson, I think, is the guy you're referring to as a one-time all-star back in 70-71. Uh, There's actually an ABA all-star appearance, but uh, an all-star appearance all the same with the uh, Virginia Squires. Yes, and um, I mean, average 12.7 points per game and um, 8.9 rebounds per game that season. I mean, probably deserved it. I mean... I don't know if there was any other players that should have gotten that thought. I mean, I was in Wazan, so I mean, no surprise. But when I was looking at his page, I was like, Neil Johnston? Because I thought it was Neil Johnston. But I, and then I looked him up, and I was like looking up Neil Johnston. And it was like getting really confusing. And then I finally figured out, oh, yeah, this guy's Neil Johnson, not Neil Johnston. Yeah, it's all difference, but a uh, difference for sure. Uh, this guy uh, just missed uh, being featured on a birthday episode. It was his birthday just uh, two days ago as we record this. Oh, it's man. Like, episode's actually going to come out a few days later. But, um, yeah, we're uh, – so, you know, glad we're getting a chance to uh, chat a little bit about Neil Johnson here. Uh, other guys who were uh, born on this day in uh, NBA history. An interesting one uh, – excuse me, not born on this day in NBA history, man. Uh, <laughs> Attend to Creighton. Um, Kevin McKenna. Uh, an interesting player in the sense that uh, he actually was credited with uh, having won a title with the uh, uh, Los Angeles Lakers back in uh, 1982, but uh, interestingly did not play in the playoffs for them. So sometimes I feel like when you uh, see players who didn't play in the playoffs for uh, 
for a team they're they're not giving credit for that title, but maybe because he played uh, as many as 36 games in the regular season, he is credited with it. But um, yeah, 1982 NBA champ, Kevin McKenna. Yeah, I mean, the year you were born for the Lakers, and um, I mean, I was born for the Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, also to mention, he is um, an assistant head coach for the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Right now, and um, yeah, probably pretty good for him. I mean, was it had a solid NBA career, I guess, and. Played in the CBA. Yeah, played in the CBA as well. Uh, that is notable. Um, anybody else we want to uh, make sure we get to here uh, on these uh, these Creighton grads? I mean, uh, Justin Patton, an interesting one in the sense that uh, he's still young enough to uh, be active in the league right now. Is actually getting yeah. as much run as he ever has this year with the uh, I mean, Rockets. 19, 19 minutes a game. Has six starts. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah, Justin Patton. Um, uh, taken with the uh, 16th pick in the uh, 2017 NBA draft, and uh, really, uh, remarkably, only 22 NBA games to his credit so far. Wow! Uh, despite having been taken, uh, you know, almost four years ago now. And but, um, almost in the lottery. Almost in the lottery, exactly. It was actually kind of a controversial pick at the uh, at the time because he was taken so early and over uh, some other players who uh, have gone on to uh, bigger and better things since uh, since he was drafted. Uh, notably, like John Collins was taken, uh, you know, just right after uh, Jared Allen, OG Ananobi. Um, Caleb Swanigan, who we just talked about uh, on our previous episode, uh, but Derek White, Josh Hart, so plenty of players who uh, could have been selected uh, in the place that Justin Patton was. But uh, you know that's that happens with whatever draft you're looking at. But uh, it'd be interesting to see if Justin Patton can uh, establish himself now that he's uh, getting an opportunity or more of an opportunity in Houston. Yeah, um, seems solid. Uh, was there another player you wanted to uh, mention here? Yeah, um, I wanted to. Um, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Bob Portman. I wanted to mention him because I thought it might be Bob Pretty. If you've listened to um, one of our birthday episodes, this guy actually had a similar birthday on March 22nd. And um, just wanted to mention him quickly. I mean, average 5.7 points per game for his career. Yeah, that's uh, that's impressive stuff out of uh, <laughs> out of him. All right, before we wrap up this uh, this segment and move on to uh, to Georgia uh, in a moment, did want to mention uh, Chad Gallagher. Now, this guy had a pretty notable NBA career despite its brevity. Yeah, I mean, played two games and averaged three points a game. Well, uh, you know, it's kind kind of significant. I mean, Chad Gallagher uh, now fifty one years old, uh, drafted in the ninety one draft by the Suns with the thirty second overall pick. This guy played uh, just. Three minutes in the NBA, but get this, three for three from the floor. How did this guy not get more opportunities? I mean, I mean, he probably didn't look that good. He might be like, I don't know, maybe Alex Smiley or something. But but all his shots went in, every shot. Yeah, but like, Alex Smiley can do that. Well, we're going to have to dig into the archives and figure out what was going on with Chad Gallagher. I mean, how did this guy not get more opportunities? Maybe his shots really were that ugly, but uh, if so... We gotta get to the bottom of this. I mean, you know, that information's gotta be out there. In any event, uh there can't be that much information out there about Chad Gallagher. No, probably not. Um in any event, a notable career. That that's pretty cool. And never, we're never to have missed a shot. Yeah, and we're at 55. I mean, like this guy was styling out there. All right, so let's uh let's take a quick break and we will uh, be back in just a moment to uh talk about the uh NBA and ABA players who attended Georgia. And we're back to uh, continue our uh, episode here and uh, get to uh, the NBA and ABA players who attended Georgia, who make our uh, starting lineup. So let's uh, let's start at center. Mills, who do you have at Georgia Center? Um, Tim Bassett. 
All right, let's talk a little bit about Tim Bassett. I wasn't familiar with this guy prior to doing the research for this episode. Yeah, I mean, there's not really any options for center here. I mean, he this guy's 6'8", and um, he absolutely had a career. I mean, I mean, he played a bunch of years in the league, and, I mean, averaged like one – I mean, 6.7 rebounds, 6.2 points. I mean, you don't see it that often where somebody averages more rebounds than points in their career. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like you see it some of the time, but yeah, it's not a super common thing. Definitely a guy who seems to have been more focused on uh, his defensive and rebounding responsibilities, not a guy who could uh, score it with uh, a lot of efficiency uh, or volume for that matter. Uh, just a 42% shooter from the floor for his career and uh, obviously not a three-point shooter at all. Um, yeah, I mean, began his career in the ABA, as you mentioned, uh, started out with the uh, San Diego Rockets. And uh, excuse me, the San Diego Conquistadors, not the uh, not, not the Rockets, and I uh, played for the Nets in the uh, in the ABA as well before uh, making the transition to the uh, NBA with the Nets when they uh, they made the move. Um, yeah, I mean, just not not a ton of uh, big talent from uh, from Georgia. Surprisingly, uh, little I, I would say, given uh, how many players. Other yeah. Yeah, have come out of Georgia. I mean, you would expect uh, there there to be some some more there, and, and maybe there will be. I mean, you know, I know we're gonna get to. Uh, Nick Claxton uh, further into the episode, and you know he's early in his career, so maybe there's some room for uh, you know him to move into uh, a center spot in, on a future Georgia team. But for right now, uh, yeah, Tim Bassett. I mean, I, I had him at my uh, my starting four. Uh, I agree, there's not a lot here in the big department. Um, let's uh, let, let's get to my starting five, which is Alec Kessler. Now uh, I don't know if you looked at this guy, but. Uh, 12th overall pick in the uh, 1990 NBA draft uh, to the Rockets. And uh, unfortunately, uh, just like uh, Tim Barrett, uh, Tim Bassett, excuse me, uh, has uh, passed away at an untimely uh, age of uh, 40. Yeah. I mean, not good. I mean, I don't know why that happened, but I mean, he, I mean, at least he got to play in the NBA a little bit. He actually died apparently during a uh, – he had a heart attack during a uh, basketball game uh, at post-career uh, in, in Florida. It's a very sad story. He had become an orthopedic surgeon uh, post-career and just had a you know relatively quick uh, career playing uh, just parts of four seasons in the uh, early 90s with the Heat. Um, yeah, not, not a ton to say about, uh, about, about his performance. Just 14 minutes per game over uh, 210 regular season games, but a 6'11", 230 guy who uh, attended Georgia. So – he makes my uh, center spot. Yeah, I mean, there's not that many more options. I mean, I think you should have put Tim Bassett, obviously, but I mean, I guess this is okay, but um, you should have put Tim Bassett. Well, I will uh, take that under advisement. Perhaps when we uh, do uh, another Georgia team, uh, I can uh, take that under advisement. And, uh, okay. All right. I think so we're going to do another Georgia team. Who knows? Uh, all right. So let's get to your uh, four. Who do you have there? I had Dominique Wilkins. At I the mean, four? Yeah. Okay. Well, th this is obviously the uh, the big player from uh, Georgia, so let's get to him now. I had him at the four. Or actually, yeah, let's tell, I'll tell you why I had him at the four first. I had him at the four because I needed to work on some other players. That's why I had him at the four. Fair yes. enough. So, um, yeah, I mean, Hall of Famer, nine-time All-Star, I mean, because he's also sick at eight, two, um, 217, so I mean. 215, sorry. Yes. Hall of Famer, nine-time All-Star, 85-86 scoring champ, seven-time All-NBA, 82-83 All-Rookie team. And, I mean, this guy, nasty. I mean, great at dunking, but um, 
Also great at scoring. I mean, 24.8 points per game for his career. Got up to 30.7 and won the scoring title at 30.3 and 85-86. And, I mean, started his all-star run from there and was an all-star for the next nine seasons. Yeah, nine years in a row as an all-star. And, and really, I mean, a spectacular player in, in his time. I mean, guy who, uh, as we said, attended the University of Georgia and came into the league and set it on fire with his incredible dunks. Yeah. Uh, and as, as you mentioned, just a, a terrific player all, all around. I mean, I think his dunks might even obscure what a terrific scorer and uh, player he was uh, more generally. Could shoot it, too. Could really shoot it. And, uh, you know, contributed on the glass as well. I mean, you know, averaging as many as nine rebounds a game at his uh, peak in 1991 and uh, averaging uh, 6.7 rebounds for his career. But also 2.45 assists. 2.5 assists, you know, 1.3 steals and uh, 0.6 blocks as well. So it was really contributing all around the uh, the court after having been taken in by the uh, by the Jazz, actually, with the third overall pick in the uh, 1982 NBA draft. I'm sure the Jazz would have been uh, very happy to uh, hold on to uh, Dominique Wilkins um, back in those days. I mean, Dominique Wilkins, John Stockton, and Carl Malone. Yeah, that would have been pretty epic. It's true. And, uh, I mean, you see the, the uh, impact that uh, Dominique has had on the league in his uh, positions on the all-time leaderboards, uh, 16th all-time in points. I mean, you could leave it right there. You got the 16th all-time in points. You had a huge, huge impact on the league, and he did that. I mean, he's in you know top 100 positions, top 50 positions in, in many of the, the top categories uh, of all-time, most important categories. I mean, 24th in free throws, 19th in field goals. Uh, 14th in points per game, ninth in usage percentage for his career, and uh, of course in the uh, in the Hall of Fame and uh, well deserved. Yeah, I mean, definitely well deserved, and uh, also a pretty famous nickname, the Human Highlight Film. Absolutely, I think it's one of the best nicknames, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, what more could you ask for than to be considered uh, a Human Highlight Film? Yeah, and I mean, he was that. He really was. I mean, if you're not familiar with uh, Dominique's. Uh, antics on the court. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta check out some YouTube uh, clips and uh, get your eyes on uh, Dominique Wilkins, uh, a dominator in his time. And also interestingly, a guy who, uh, who played some uh, overseas as well. I mean, despite, uh, you know, having this incredible NBA career, actually played some in Greece and uh, played some in Italy too, late in his career. So a guy who uh, just loved the ball and, uh, you know, got, got around the world to, uh, to do it as well, even as his NBA career was coming to a close. Yeah. I mean, Played with the um, Celtics, um, uh, Spurs, and Magic, and also he had a bunch of family members in the league, including his brother Gerald Wilkins, nephew Damian Wilkins, and stepson Isaiah Wilkins. And uh, Damian Wilkins uh, also a Georgia attendee, so we'll, we'll get to him uh, shortly here. So I, I had him at the uh, at my three. That was actually the position that he played. I understand you moving him a bit, but um, yeah, he was my three. Uh, let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Move on to my four. I had Tim Bassett. We've already discussed him. Uh, who do you have in the three mills? I had Willie Anderson. All right, let's talk Willie Anderson. I uh, I know your team, so I am very mad at you for not playing Willie Anderson on your team because this guy was chill, I mean, very chill. Oh, his nickname was <laughs> Chill. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, his first season right out of the gate, eighteen point six points per game. Yeah, that's really good. He was the 10th overall pick in the uh, 88 NBA draft of the Spurs. Uh, played with the Spurs the first uh, whole bunch of years of his career, first seven seasons of, and, his, uh, of his career. What's up? And if you were wondering if he made the all-rookie team, you bet. 
Well, I mean, you, you average 18.6 points per game. I mean, you better make the all-rookie team, wouldn't you say? I mean, and 5.1 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 1.9 steals, 0.8 blocks. Yeah, that was a great season. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it happened to be the best season of uh, Willie Anderson's career. Uh, never quite reached those heights again. But look, this guy had a terrific career. I mean, 555 career regular season games, 432 of those being starts. Uh, averaged uh, 28.8 minutes per game for his career and up, up over 12 points per game. Very impressive stuff. I mean, played on the uh, U.S. Uh, team in the Olympics in 1988 as well, uh, alongside a whole bunch of other uh, NBA players or guys who would go on to play in the NBA. And uh, also the brother of, uh, of another Georgia attendee who we'll discuss uh, shortly, uh, Shannon Anderson. Yes, and um, Shannon, even better than uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep it moving here. Uh, so yeah, Willie Anderson did not make my squad, but certainly was uh, seriously considered uh, for uh, one of uh, the spots on my team. I'm just kidding, Shannon is not as bad person. All right, so let's uh, let's keep it moving here. At the uh, at the three, I had uh, Dominique Wilkins, of course. So let's move on to the uh, the two Mills. Who'd you have there? I had Contavious Caldwell Pope, and he won a title last year. He did. He won a title with the Lakers. This is one of my guys. I mean, I really appreciated what he did as a uh, Pistons draftee. The first four years of his career was disappointed when uh, the Pistons did not pay up to uh, bring him back, but really happy that uh, he's found a home in uh, Los Angeles, has now played uh, he's in his fourth season now with, with the Lakers, has played uh, 592 regular season games at this point after having been taken with the eighth overall pick by the Pistons in that 2013 NBA draft. He's like a title team starter. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, he's he's found himself in, in a terrific uh, spot. I mean, not too much is uh, expected of him on the offensive end, just contributing where he uh, where he's where he's at his best. He really, with the Lakers, can definitely shoot some threes. Yeah, I mean, a quality scorer at times in his career. I mean, you know, not not a great uh, percentage guy if you're looking at his overall field goal percentage, just uh, under forty two percent for his career. But you know, a lot better than that if you're looking at the, at the three ball. Uh, where he's up over 35% for his career and even quite a bit better than that the last couple of years with the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, so far this season, I mean, 41% from three. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, that, you know, certainly that'll play and he'll, he'll – In popping uh, four a game. Yeah, he'll definitely be a big threat out there, uh, you know, at that kind of percentage, even without, you know, huge volume. I mean, 4.1 per, uh, per game at this point, not not huge volume, but – uh, you know, a major contributor on uh, on a title team, as you said. So uh, right in his prime right now, 27 years old, or playing his age 27 season. And, um, you know, I think he's, he's setting up to be, you know, quite possibly the second best player in the history of uh, Georgia. Yeah, probably. Behind uh, Dominique. Behind Dominique. But, uh, yeah, I mean, have, having a great career. I mean, you know, got to be really proud of uh, what Contavious has accomplished so far. Yes. And so I know you had him at this Two spot as well. So you want to run on to, um, I think, both of our one, Vern Fleming. Let's do it. Let's talk uh, Vern Fleming. So, uh, yeah, what, what do you got on Vern Fleming? Yeah, I mean, he did play in the league. He certainly did. <laughs> I liked him. Yeah, Vern Fleming, I actually remember the tail end of his career, played uh, almost his entire career with the Pacers. Really, I mean, long one-team career, I mean, that he had going for a long time there. 816 games, 11 seasons with the Pacers to open his career. When have I stopped? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> things happen. It's pro sports. I mean, there's a reason why these things are so rare. And uh, finished up his career with uh, – his NBA career with the Nets in 95-96. Uh, but uh, really, I mean, pretty strong contributor. I, I, I mean, you know, we probably look at this more than uh, more than most, but uh, – 
very flimsy uh, Wikipedia entry for uh, Vern Fleming, given that he played 893 regular season games in the league, starting 523. I mean, Wikipedia has a lot of things to put. That's true. There's a lot of people working on it, too. But, uh, yeah, a, uh, another Queens guy, uh, Vern Fleming, um, there's – some some sort of Queens to Georgia pipeline going on here because we got Sundiata Gaines uh, on here as well who also attended Georgia. If you want to hear more about Sundiata Gaines, <laughs> you can wait a few minutes or listen to our, our most recent episode where we talked about him as well. Or skip ahead of this. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Vern Fleming, uh, you know, really, I mean, strong NBA career. I mean, you're looking at 11.3 points per game for his career, uh, playing up over 27 minutes per game uh, across those 893 regular season games. And, uh, you know, quality finisher from the floor. I mean, shot almost 50% for uh, field goal percentage for his career. Anything else you want to add on uh, Vern Fleming? I mean, you know, got uh, assist totals that are up over seven at his best uh, a couple of times. I mean, not really, but, um, I mean, what's his, was it definitely a contributor in the league? Absolutely. And actually uh, also played on the uh, U.S. Uh, men's basketball team and actually won a gold medal with that team in uh, the 1984 Olympics. So uh, another feather in the cap of uh, – the great Vern Fleming. The great. All right, so uh, let's. Uh, actually, six five point guard. Yeah, that's that's notable. Actually, had, had some some pretty solid size for uh, for a point guard as well. That's that's a that's a good uh, good catch. And no middle name. That's a good point as well. And also going back to um Dominique, he his real name is actually um Jacques Dominique Wilkins. That's a uh, also a good note. Yeah, gotta gotta throw that in there. All right, so let's uh, let's let's run through our teams here. Uh, now that we've gone through our starters, and we can uh, talk about anyone else who uh, didn't make the cut. Um, Tim Bassett at my center, Dominique Wilkins at my power forward, small forward Willie Anderson, shooting guard Contavious, KCP, and point guard Vern Fleming, the all-time great, the six-five point guard who went to Georgia, born on February fourth, nineteen sixty-two, and is fifty-nine. <laughs> And uh, at center, I have uh, Alec Kessler at power forward, Tim Bassett at small forward, Dominique Wilkins at uh, shooting guard, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and a point guard, Vern Fleming. Now let's uh, talk about a couple other guys who uh, uh, went to Georgia who we haven't gotten to yet. We mentioned a few uh, over the course of discussing this episode. Let's talk about Shannon Anderson. He won a title. He did win a title uh, with the with the uh, with the Heat, right? Yeah, in two thousand six, um, at the in the last um, season of his career. So his last game was a um, title-winning game. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to go out. I mean, you know, you win, win the championship and go out on uh, on a real big high like that. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, made his way around the league a bit. I mean, uh, played with the, the Jazz where he uh, got drafted, making his way to the Rockets, the Knicks, and finally the uh, Heat down the end, played a little bit on those uh, those Heatle squads. Wore some interesting numbers in his career. Began with uh, number 40 and finished up wearing uh, number 49. You don't see too many of those in the NBA. No, um, yeah, I mean, that's got to be one of the least worn numbers in NBA history. Uh, mm, maybe not, but... It's, it's uh, on the high end, I would say. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't see it very often. Probably bottom 25. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, definitely an un uncommon number. Um, yeah, just like us, I mean, I know we say it all the time, but just a solid NBA player. I mean, taken 54th in the draft in, the, in 96 by the Jazz and... Uh, you know, hung around for uh, for a long while, at 719 regular season games, and of course, uh, you know, made his presence felt in the playoffs as well. And um, had the honor of being a brother to somebody who averaged 18 something point something point per game in his first season. That's uh, that's a great point as well. Let's also talk about uh, Damian Wilkins. We uh, we talked about uh, him a little bit earlier in the uh, in the episode. Uh, let's uh, so he's related, of course, to uh, to Dominique. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure the. Uh, 
the nephew of Dominique, and yes. uh, he um, he went to NC State and Georgia, in fact, and um, was another solid player. I mean, there's a lot of these on this Georgia squad. It's true. Yeah, I mean, undrafted, uh, despite his uh, you know lineage that he had going on with his dad and uncle having played in the league and played you know very well. Uh, but yeah, hung around for, for quite some time and actually, you know, was teammates with, uh, with, with some really interesting players. I mean, if you look back at, at uh, you know, he, he started his career with the, uh, with the Sonics and then was there through that transition when they moved to Oklahoma city, of course, also there at that time with, uh, with that squad, KD, uh, Russell Westbrook coming into the team. So actually was right there as, uh, as some of these, you know, the game's great superstars today, uh, came into the league. And uh, you know, had opportunity to share the court and locker room with, uh, with with some of those guys. And interestingly, he played with the Sixers in 2012-2013, and then didn't play after that, but did come back for 19 games with the Pacers in 2017-2018. Um, yeah, as is the case with with a lot of these guys, without you know big time pedigrees and without big uh, guaranteed contracts. I mean, went and played in other places around the world. Probably made. Uh, Made a couple bucks uh, during those years, but uh, yeah, ended up uh, just getting a little bit more run in the 2017-2018 uh, season with the uh, Pacers. So, yeah. you know, he's not even Hall of Fame eligible yet. Yeah, I mean, true. I mean, he, he might have been Hall of Fame eligible at one point. Uh, yeah, I mean, had, had he not played after uh, yeah after the 2013 season, but uh, yeah, great career for uh, for uh, uh, Damian Wilkins. Uh, you know, took him all over the world. Let's uh, let's keep talking about some of these other guys. I remember Elmore Spencer, who uh, attended Georgia, also uh, UNLV. What, what, what am I getting in the XL here? I don't know. I mean, just like, I don't know. It's just like I've seen his cards before, and it's just like, man, I'm getting Elmore Spencer here. It's just like, ugh. I, I've always, like, thought he's good because I saw him in the register, but then I, I, like, looked through his stats one time, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, not, not, not a super notable career, just, you know, a a, a big back in the day where, uh, you know, you didn't need maybe quite as many skills to uh, be in there as a big play. Uh, 157 regular season games, 75 of those as starts after being taken 25th in the uh, 92 draft. It now, was seven feet tall. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it had the kind of size that you were looking for, certainly. Uh, let's let's not go too far here without uh, mentioning Anthony Edwards, of course. Uh, he's obviously a very prominent player in the NBA right now, having been taken number one overall, the uh, highest pick or highest player ever taken out of Georgia uh, just in this most recent draft in 2020. Yeah, I mean, 18.1 points per game, which is pretty nice. And uh, you always like um, are down on his um, field goal percentage, but he's not horrible. Well, I mean, uh, under 40% from the floor is pretty horrible. He's a rookie, Dad. Yes, no, I, I agree. There's room for growth. I mean, certainly he's had some really good performances this year. I mean, you know, you've been able to see the flashes, and his athleticism is incredible. I mean, frankly, he has, you know, an unbelievable dunk this year. I mean, over uh, my guy, Utah Watanabe. But, I mean, Utah. yeah, but, I mean, I, you know, he, his athleticism was well-known, you know, before entering the league, obviously. Uh, and, uh, you know, so he's not even 20 years old yet, so there's certainly a lot of room for growth, and he's uh, – Look, if you score 18.1 points per game in the NBA as a 19-year-old, like, you're doing something right. Uh, he's not doing it as efficiently as he needs to, and I think, like, that's all part of uh, the evolution of his game that we are hoping to see. But, uh, you know, certainly a lot of promise there and a guy who absolutely could get in the mix for these Georgia teams in the future. I mean, no doubt. And um, his career high, I mean, he's gotten pretty high there, I mean, with 42 points in a game. 
Absolutely. The, the issue really hasn't been that he hasn't shown like high enough uh, highs. It's just the consistency. But I mean, again, that's to be expected. He's, you know, he came to the NBA after one year at Georgia, you know, uh, the Timberwolves uh, making a bet on his uh, development in the future. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, l- l- let's keep it moving here. Just get to a couple more guys uh, before we uh, wrap this up and talk about uh, Laterial Green. Now, when we we're doing the research for this episode, I, I, I must say I was shocked to see that Anthony Edwards has already played more minutes than Laterial Green. I remember getting this guy's cards when I was a kid. Uh, began his career in 92. It was the uh, 39th pick by the uh, Bulls in the 92 draft and uh, played until uh, 99. But to be fair, he um, he was in the CBA for two of those seasons. Absolutely. So he just, it just so happened that like despite being in and around the league and featured on cards and stuff like that in uh, for – Quite a few years. Seven years or something. Yeah, actually, like, barely played in the league, I mean, as, as it turns out. Because, I mean, he played 148 regular season games, four starts, but only played eight minutes. Uh, only Three average eight games. minutes uh, in, in those games. So, uh, really not very extensive uh, of a performance record in uh, in the NBA for Laterial Green. But, I mean, that name. Yeah. Very unusual. Laterial? Yes. Yeah, I mean – Definitely, and um, you want to move on to a couple more guys in um, Nichols Claxton and Sunday Evans. Yeah, let's talk uh, Nick Claxton. He's another one of the more relevant players uh, for where the NBA is right now. Uh, just 22 at the moment. It was just his birthday a couple days ago. Sorry, we uh, we missed that. Um, Two of these guys. Yeah, that's 17. right. <laughs> we're, we're born on uh, on April 17th. So let's talk a little bit about Nick Claxton. Obviously, just getting going, but he's he's shown some flashes for sure. Yeah, I mean. I mean, averaging six point five point eight points per game for his two seasons that he's been in the league, and that's not bad for um, just a, like a rotation player. Like Absolutely. So, I mean, and, you know, we'll have to see what kind of uh, run he he's able to get for himself on this uh, loaded Nets team, and obviously a lot of uh, a lot of mouths to feed at, in the uh, the big spots. But uh, you know, seen some some high skill level from uh, Nick Claxton early on, and certainly people are excited about him around the Nets. Uh, at the moment, so we'll see you know where where that takes us. Uh, notable that his dad, also uh, a Georgia attendee who played very briefly in the uh, in, in the NBA, his dad Charles Claxton, who played uh, in fact just uh, a few minutes in the league, just seven minutes. Yeah, I mean, he did play seven minutes, and he he got a bucket. He sure did. Uh, that, that's a n- nice job by uh, by Charles Claxton. Certainly uh, um, better than not getting a bucket. Definitely. And, um, yeah, um, one more player I wanted to talk about here. Um, in uh, Yante uh, Matan. Yeah, Yante Matan. Yeah, th- I think that's how you pronounce it. He, he uh, a relatively recent player, just 24 years old, and, and has only gotten, you know, a little bit of tick in the league. Yeah, I mean, just like he's a free agent right now. So, I mean, the team can pick him up. Yeah, if any teams have listened to this and you're just like looking for players to pick up, he does exist. So you might want to look into that. Um, Yate Mountain, just uh, a, a brief, brief, uh, brief spell in the league so far. Just uh, I believe uh, 13 minutes so far with the uh, with the Heat back in the 2018. And also, if you're um, looking for somebody to put on your team, you can also look at Caleb Schwanigan. That's true. We, we did just cover uh, Caleb Swanigan recently. I uh, also wanted to mention uh, Trey Tompkins. Now, uh, this guy was drafted by the Clippers in uh, the 2011 draft, uh, 37th overall, actually born in uh, Long Island, New York, much like uh, my co-host. Um, only uh, only 30 years old right now, actually approaching his uh, his 
31st birthday, uh, not too far off. Interestingly, just played uh, 24 games in one season uh, with the Clippers back in 2011-2012. Uh, Notable for uh, for having uh, played in Europe uh, the last few years, uh, currently on uh, Real Madrid, has actually been uh, part of Real Madrid since uh, 2015. But uh, also notable for having been the uh, the first professional basketball player in Europe to be diagnosed with uh, coronavirus. Well, I mean, that's not great, but yeah. I mean, it's a way to get something on your Wikipedia page, that's for sure. I mean, clap it up with Rudy Gobert. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rudy Gobert, a notable uh, coronavirus uh Yes, uh, a figure in, uh, in American basketball. Um, yeah. So, uh, any, anybody else you want to uh, you want to get to here before we move on? I mean, I, I did notice that uh, uh, Trey Tompkins and Travis Leslie, both teammates at Georgia, were both uh, taken in the second round of the 2011 draft by the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, so Sunday on games together. too. Yeah. Sunday on games. I mean, I, I know you might have like decided to stay and listen to this, so let's just make sure we get in a quick segment to hear about Sunday. Yeah, in case you didn't listen to uh, yesterday or, or the, the, the most recent episode we've done, uh, Sunday out of Gaines, uh, you know, it was his, just his birthday uh, <laughs> recently. Uh, it, you know, now it's uh, he's a little bit older than 35. And, uh, yeah, still attended Archbishop Malloy uh, in, in, in Queens. and um, Even know, though played... it still says happy birthday on his day. Yeah, that doesn't seem super relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Play, played 113 regular season games in the league. Not, not a ton more to say about, uh, about Sunday out of Gaines. Than, uh, that, that we've already said. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to uh, you want to say? There's a, a few more players, but uh, not not sure we need to uh, devote additional time and, uh, and and space to these guys uh, at, at this point. I mean, I th- think maybe most notable among them, uh, Jermaine Jones. I know you have some uh, some cards of his. Yeah. I mean, I mean, solid. Yeah, solid. Uh, solid player. 471 regular season games. 115 starts, having been taken with the uh, 27th pick. In the uh, 99 draft. I'll All right. Take a quick break here and I'll be right back. We'll take a, a quick break and we'll be back and uh, compare these two teams to one another. We're back to wrap up this episode by uh, comparing the uh, teams that we put together for uh, Creighton and for Georgia. Let's uh, do that right now, position by position. Uh, Mills, who'd you have at the uh, the center spots for uh, uh, Creighton and for Georgia? Benoit Benjamin and Tim Bassett. I'm going to think that um, Tim Bass, I mean, Benoit Benjamin is the other one. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I mean, Benoit Benjamin, much more of a, a real center. So that gives uh, Creighton a one nothing edge. Let's look at uh, power forward where we've got Creighton's Paul Silas and Georgia's uh, Dominique Wilkins. I think you got to go Paul Silas here. I mean, actually, this is a pretty good game. Not really. I mean, Dominique will probably win, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I feel like Paul Silas is like at least like one of the better matches on this uh, Creighton team. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly agree with that. I mean, Dominique, a Hall of Famer, clearly gets the gets the nod here. He's going to go up against Paul Silas. So both of them, as you mentioned, really impressive careers. I mean, both playing over a thousand regular season games, so very extensive careers. Let's uh, let, let's move on uh, with things tied up one one to the uh, small forward spot where you have Creighton's uh, Kyle Korver and Georgia's Willie Anderson. This is a tough one. I gotta be honest, and I think I'm going to go with um, Kyle Korver for his longevity. But I like that as well. I, I would also go with uh, go with Kyle Korver there. But I, I agree, it's an interesting matchup. Uh, Willie Anderson also with a pretty significant career, and uh, probably reached a higher level of usage in his career at, at various points than uh, did Kyle Korver. But 
the duration of Kyle Korver's career impossible to uh, deny yeah. or look past. All right, so let's uh, move on with uh, uh, Creighton taking a 2-1 lead. And we'll move on to the uh, shooting guard where you have uh, Rodney Buford of uh, Creighton going up against Contavious Caldwell-Pope of Georgia. I mean, it's got to be Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Absolutely. Uh, an important part of a championship team and still very much in his prime right now. So that uh, that's going to even things up at 2-2. So it all comes down to the uh, point guard matchup where we've got Creighton's Doug McDermott, not really a point guard, but he's matched up <laughs> in, in this, going up against uh, point guard of uh, Georgia, Vern Fleming. I'm going to take Vern Fleming. Vern Fleming gets the nod <laughs> over uh, Doug McDermott. All right, expl explain your logic here. I mean, I, I would agree with you. Um, he's more of a point guard. No question. And he's, um, he had a better, like, has a better career. Yeah, I mean, certainly a, a longer career than, uh, than Doug McDermott has had to date. We'll see what happens, obviously, with uh, McDermott going forward. But, uh, yeah, Vern Fleming, uh, you know, played uh, 893 regular season games at a high level, contributed, uh, you know, if you look at the, uh, you know, kind of counting stats over the course of his career, whether you're looking at win shares or, uh, you know, PER or whatever. I mean, uh, you know, it gets, it gets a slight edge on, uh, on, on Doug McDermott. So I, I would definitely take him here as well. So that gives uh, gives Georgia a 3-2 uh, edge. And, they, and I think uh, they would win on the court as well. You do. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, Georgia, you know, really buoyed by having a Hall of Famer in the mix. I mean, Dominique Wilkins. As a player. Yeah, I mean, far far superior as a talent, I think, to anyone else who we've discussed in this episode. Yeah, for sure. All right, for so sure, yeah. uh, that's uh, that's that's all we got for this uh, this episode. Thanks uh, thanks so much for joining us as we've uh, compared Creighton and Georgia and talked about their players. Uh, we look forward to uh, being back with another episode uh, in just a couple of days. Yeah, and also if you uh... – you want to check out some other podcasts? You can also check out Favorites with Ava and Matt, or listen to um, more of our episodes. Yeah, Favorites with Ava and Matt is uh, my other podcast uh, with uh, co-host uh, Emilio's sister Ava, uh, who's six years old. We have a good time over there. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining us. If you want to reach out to us, uh, you can hit us up at uh, Barnards on the NBA at gmail.com or on Twitter at uh, Barnards on NBA. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Peace.